You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You run around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of the TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert, and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Hi, welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, and with me today are my good friends, Petra Burke and Kate Abbott from Kindred Spirits Dog Training in Vista, California. Hello. <laughs> Howdy. We're obviously not paying right now. I was going to say, I thought they were here with me. <laughs> you were here. Was there a few there? Yeah, we did. Oh dear, you see what I'm working with. (laughs) Anyway, today we're revisiting dog food. I know we've done a couple of podcasts on dog food previously, but this is a subject we get lots of questions about. I get lots of emails. And uh, with the melamine hitting the news again, I think it's time we need to revisit it. And we're going to talk not just about melamine, but we're going to talk about understanding dog foods. What's in it, especially some of the definitions. When you read the label on dog food, what is what does meat mean? What do byproducts mean? So we're gonna visit some of that and who controls dog foods? Who who regulates dog foods? That's kind of a scary proposition. We'll talk about that too. So we've got lots of information for you in the next half hour. So take a listen to our sponsors and we'll be right back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Do you love your dog? Then you'll love feeding him mouth-watering, all-natural treats, lovingly handmade by a professional caterer who wanted the very best for her dogs. Make no mistake about it. These are not ordinary dog treats. These are doggy delights, like breakfast banana biscotti, honey bear peanut butter balls, yummy apple cinnamon mini cakes, and so much more. Your dog will howl in delight. And now you can get a scrumptious sample pack by going to dingersdogtreats.com. It's a $25 value, yours for just $9.95 through this special radio offer. That's D-I-N-G-E-R-S, dingersdogtreats.com. Every one of these gourmet doggy treats is handmade from the finest ingredients and taste tested on our own dogs. Your dog will love them. Get $25 worth of doggy delights now for just $9.95. Go to dingersdogtreats.com now. That's D-I-N-G-E-R-S, dingersdogtreats.com. Yum. (laughs) 
Pick up something unique at a Bone to Pick dog boutique. A Bone to Pick has cool hip fashions for big and small dogs that will have their tails wagging in style. Cat products too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Check out our eco-friendly pet products and gifts for humans too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Get your pet's mouth watering monthly with our Gourmet Treat of the Month Club. And join a Bone to Pick's free birthday club for your puppy. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Pick up something special for your best friend at a bone to pick. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Get 10% off with coupon code PETLIFE. School's in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. What are you doing? I'm innocent. Really, I'm innocent. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Petra and Kate are with me. Kate's had a little too much sugar, I'm afraid. <laughs> I didn't have any of the beverage cookies that you two consumed in front of me. Okay, okay. maybe that's it. <laughs> Kate hasn't it's had enough sugar. Time. Anyway, I'm sure if you were a dog owner last year yeah. in early 2007, you heard about the dog food recalls. In brief, what happened was in September of 2006 through December of 2006, we started getting news that some products had been tainted with melamine. Now, what's melamine? This is a product that's used in the making of... Uh, furniture, you know, the the laminate that's glued to furniture, or in the making of plastics. It's, it's used in a variety of non-edible products, but it has been added to certain ingredients in dog food in this case, because during laboratory analysis, it boosts the protein levels. So if an ingredient such as wheat or corn is being evaluated in laboratory circumstances for the protein levels, the melamine added to it makes the protein percentage higher. Now, that's only laboratory analysis. The dogs cannot digest this, and so it's adding essentially a toxin to the foods that were used in the making of dog foods. What we saw eventually in the first few months of 2007 that thousands of dogs and cats were getting sick and many were dying especially small dogs and cats their bodies weren't able to handle this at all and I know in April of 2007 the FDA had reported that they'd had over 17,000 consumer complaints that is a tremendous amount more than 5,300 Lots of pet foods were recalled, as well as foods for pigs, fish, and poultry. And in May of 2007, which is long after, six months after this started, uh, 500 out of 880 samples of wheat gluten 
tested positive. That is horrendous. All from the same source? All from China. Yeah. More more than 50%. That's incredible. All had been imported from Mm -hmm. China. Now, the scary thing is, is this is still happening. Not Not to our pet foods right now, but in China today, as we are recording this, over 59,000 babies have been reported ill because of melamine in baby which, formula and baby is, food. Which is shocking when I had heard about that because last year all the pets and animals that were dying and turn around and do this in human food, baby food. And milk. It's mind boggling. Yeah. Baby formula, baby Knowing food. That it killed animals. Well, yeah, chances are it's going to kill humans. Gee, and the best food companies aren't buying anymore. Who should we sell it to now? Yeah. It's, it's awful. And when you think of, I mean, a baby's fragile system. Yeah. And my fear is these children who survive, and there have been many who have died. How many of them are going to have lifelong disabilities because their liver has been damaged, the kidneys have been damaged? Who knows what else that this melamine is going to do to their system? Exactly. So 59,000, that's that's almost a generation. I mean, it's just absolutely horrendous. We really do have to be very, very careful, not just where our dog foods come from, our baby foods come from, but where the ingredients come from. Obviously, ingredients that are imported from China are still suspect. I hate to condemn an entire nation's worth of shipments, but... Facts is facts at this point. The facts are facts at this point. Melamine is still being added to foods. We have to be careful when the ingredients are coming from China. Personally, I don't want my dogs to eat any foods that have ingredients from China. Um, The foods that my dogs eat are U.S. made with U.S. ingredients from known sources. And, you know, my dogs are important to me. Oh, yeah, we agree. Um, Well, and it's not just us. Do you remember when we went to the Pet Expo convention? Earlier. There were a couple of booths from with China and there was no one there we're talking toys yes nobody even wanted to put in any orders for it was it was very very obvious startling obvious the booths of toys and products that were imported from china no one was there At, at the booths with american products or european products there were lots of people there talking about the products visiting seeing what they had but the booths with the chinese products had no one there. And it was so, so obvious, and maybe booth next to them or each, or each side of them. Yeah. And it'd be crowded with people, empty where they were. So I'd hate it to. It was s- sad. You know, I, I'm sorry that the reps had gone through it, but. The d- distrust is there. Yeah, exactly. Now, we can't just blame China. Let's talk about the dog food economic world. Mm. Most dog foods started with family owned companies. Even Milk Bone started, one man started making dog biscuits many, many years ago. Milk Bone is now a huge corporation, but it started with one man making dog biscuits. Old Mother Hubbard, that makes wellness dog foods, was a family-owned company, Old Mother Hubbard. They made biscuits and dog food and originally sold only in New England. Now they're known all over and they produce very, very good foods. 
But in the American economic world, <laughs> companies <laughs> buy companies who buy companies. So let's let's take a look. Nestle bought Purina and now controls all of the Purina foods, including dog, cat, puppy, and kitten chows, Beneful, One, ProPlan, Fancy Feast, and more. Master Foods, which owns Mars Incorporated. Uh, the Mars candy. candy bar, yeah. Uh, so they had previously bought Royal Canaan, Pedigree, Waltham, Good Life, Sensible Choice, and more others. And then Del Monte... Which, which makes know, vegetables. Vegetables, yeah, canned food. Uh, bought Heinz, like in the ketchup. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Which produced Meow Mix, Gravy Train, Nine Lives, Nature's Recipe, Milk Bone, and Pounce. Now, the thing that you need to keep in mind with this is first of all, when the companies, dog food companies and cat food companies are owned by these huge corporations, first of all, they're stockholders. Who get dividends, who want their dividends, who may or may not be pet owners, who may or may not be interested in the quality of the food. Just the bottom line. Just the bottom line. Yep. The other thing is that, okay, we've got a candy manufacturer yeah. <laughs> who produces candy of, I love the Mars candies. Oh, yeah. But there's waste in the byproduct of the candy. Maybe they take some parts of the milk product and there's waste left over. Well, my favorite is the sugar beets. They buy sugar beets, they press them to get sugar. They got all these pressed sugar beets left. We can't just throw them away. They add it to the dog food as fiber. Yeah, and they promote it. It's not just saying we're adding leftover Mm -hmm. waste to the dog food. We've added fiber. Yes. There's a company in Great Great Britain who was bought out by another food manufacturing. And this food manufacturer had been paying tremendous fees for its waste. Mm. Couldn't just go to the landfill and dump it. They were paying tremendous fees. So they bought a dog food company, pet food company. All of the waste went into the pet foods. (laughs) They didn't specify what all those wastes were, but all of the waste went into the pet foods. No more landfill fees. And they produce pet foods on top of it. And so they're making money. And they get to That's say they're being it. green because they're not filling up landfills. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, it's very convoluted. And I, I can't say that all of it's bad, but we do need to know exactly what's going into our pet foods. On that whole widespreadness of it, if that's a word... Um, because during the recall, it wasn't just a few bad companies. We'll say. Oh no, no! no. It uh, it was kind of kind of scary because I know myself before these recalls, I figured, okay, the better quality foods cost more. The lesser quality foods cost less. You know, if you go to the huge discount store and get cheap food. You figure that's the lesser quality food. And in most cases, it is. Mm -hmm. But the recall, we found out that foods from many ranges of quality. Yes. Yeah. Price level and quality. We're all being made at the same plant. 
just a little change on the recipe, just but same ingredients. So if one ingredient was tainted. Yes, it was done. just a change in the recipe. The sources of the and ingredients the obviously were the same. So yeah, it can be kind of scary. But let's talk about the regulation of foods okay. because I don't think too many people understand where the foods are governed. First of all, there's many, many organizations who have a finger in this pie. The first, the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, has a division called the Center for Veterinary Medicine, the CVM. They specify which ingredients are allowed in foods, which manufacturing processes are allowed, and they set the standards for the health claims. So, for example, if a food says it has glucosamine chondroitin for arthritis or hips or joints. Joint health. Mm -hmm. Joint health, mm -hmm. yes. They're the ones that state whether that can be allowed or not. We know how much free time the FDA has. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know that's at the bottom. And then a big one. The Association of American Feed Control Officials, otherwise known as AAFCO. AFCO. AFCO. <laughs> it's a non-governmental, non-regulatory organization. So the AFCO comprises experts in their fields, usually state feed control officials, and members of the FDA and USDA. The AFCO sets the standards for minimum and maximum amounts of certain nutrients in foods. They also make recommendations regarding pet food labels, including the format, so that information is presented in an organized manner. And then we have the all popular, we all know what this is, United States Department of Agriculture, USDA. Um, it's the governmental arm that oversees pet foods and their labels. The USDA states what can and cannot be present on labels. And that's a problem too because there's things that we would like on the label. For example, the label states how much protein is in the food. Guaranteed analysis. Mm -hmm. Does not state how many carbohydrates are in the food. Nope. There's lots of us that would like to know what that is, well, as but I it's point not out there. In class, that's one of the problems with a guaranteed analysis. But it's in human food, you can read carbs. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. But not on pet but foods. But on pet food. In the laboratory analysis of protein levels and so forth, that doesn't say if it's usable. Protein. Doesn't say right. anything about digestibility. Right. And I know a lot of the better quality pet food companies would like to have that on the label. When I was researching my book, The Ultimate Pet Food Guide, <laughs> several of the companies said they would be more than happy to put that on the label, what the digestibility is. They're not allowed to. Oh. So that's a problem. That's a problem. Huh? Another uh, organization who has a finger in this pie is the National Research Council. Uh, this evaluates research that has been done on pet foods and pet nutrition and after evaluating the research, it makes recommendations for pet foods. So if uh, a university veterinary college, for example, has done some research and perhaps has found a new ingredient that can be beneficial to pets, it goes before the National Research Council. Lots of different things, but primarily they govern research. And then last but not least, the Pet Food Institute, or the PFI. It's an organization that represents pet food manufacturers. Primarily a lobbying group, the PFI promotes pet food issues with the government or, as it did during the pet food recalls, defends the pet food manufacturers to the government. <laughs> I don't think I'd want to be a member of that organization last no, year. neither would I. 
The one that we hear the most about, we as in dog owners hear the most about, is the Association of American Feed Control Officials. Most labels of dog foods will state in some manner that the food meets the AAFCO's standards for nutrition. That means either the food has had feeding trials or it's been uh, evaluated in a laboratory. So that's the ones that we we hear the most from. We've got to take a break right now. You can listen to our sponsors. I don't know if there's any dog food companies sponsoring (laughs) us, but listen to our sponsors. (laughs) And when we come back, we'll talk about definitions. What does it mean when the label says meat or byproduct or meal or meal or barley? Mm -hmm. We'll read you the AAFCO definitions. So take a listen. We'll be right back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Do you love your dog? Then you'll love feeding him mouth-watering, all-natural treats, lovingly handmade by a professional caterer who wanted the very best for her dogs. Make no mistake about it, these are not ordinary dog treats. These are doggy delights, like breakfast banana biscotti, honey bear peanut butter balls, yummy apple cinnamon mini cakes, and so much more. Your dog will howl in delight. And now you can get a scrumptious sample pack by going to dingersdogtreats.com. It's a $25 value, yours for just $9.95 through this special radio offer. That's D-I-N-G-E-R-S, dingersdogtreats.com. Every one of these gourmet doggy treats is handmade from the finest ingredients and taste tested on our own dogs. Your dog will love them. Get $25 worth of doggy delights now for just $9.95. Go to dingersdogtreats.com now. That's D-I-N-G-E-R-S, dingersdogtreats.com. Yum. New York, the glitz, the glamour, the exciting Muttropolis, the sparkling kitty city that never sleeps. Join us each week for Pets in the City with your host, Diane West. Celebrity pet sightings, hot events, and news and reviews with the hottest movers, shakers, and tail waggers in New York. So take a bite out of the Big Apple with Pets in the City every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.
Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. We have fun with our podcast, but every once in a while we have to be a little serious. <laughs> Today we're talking about dog foods. <laughs> In the first half, we talked a little bit about some of the serious aspects of dog food, including the regulatory organizations and melamine, that serious ingredient that's now affecting babies in in the Far East. It's raised its ugly head again. Again. But now let's talk about definitions. What are some of the things that are in dog foods? Dog food companies cannot simply list anything on their ingredient list. Unfortunately, they have to list things as uh, the AAFCO specifies. They can't make up their own terms. And so that can be a little scary. What you need to know, first and foremost, is protein is important for your dog. Your dog needs meat protein. If the species name is listed on the label, chicken, turkey, lamb. Kangaroo. Kangaroo, venison, (laughs) bison. That means the muscle meat. And the definition from the AAFCO is meat is the clean flesh derived from slaughtered mammals and is limited to that part of the striate muscle which is skeletal, or that which is found in the tongue, diaphragm, heart, with or without accompanying an overlying fat, and so forth. Basically, muscle meat, the tongue is muscle, the heart is muscle. We consider it organ meat also, but it is muscle. Poultry is basically the same thing. It's the muscle meat. Fish is the same thing. Now, should it say meat or bone meal... Meat and bone meal is the rendered, we'll define rendered in a moment, rendered product from mammal tissues, including bone, exclusive of any added blood, hair, hoof, horn, hide trimmings, manure, stomach, and stomach contents, except in such amounts as may occur unavoidably in good processing practices. Now, that's... Hmm. The problem. How do you unravel that sentence? That (laughs) is the problem. I have heard many a dog food representative say, oh no, we would never have that in our dog food. But how are you going to defend that when when it says accept that which may occur? In good process. I mean, it's allowed. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's allowed. It doesn't say how much. That's or the, what is good rendering? That's processes. that's the problem. Hmm. There's a loophole there. It's convoluted vagueness. Uh-huh. Then there's byproducts, mm. meat byproducts. It's the non-rendered clean parts other than meat derived from slaughtered mammals. This includes, but not limited to. <laughs> lo- I love that. I love that sentence. Okay, let's do that again. Includes, but not limited to lungs, spleen, kidneys, brain, liver, blood, bone, partially defatted, 
low temperature fatty tissue <laughs> and stomachs and intestines. Hmm. Actually, I like that definition better than the other. I mean, as far as something I might feed my dog, except that intestines can also include carry, fecal matter, right, and, and manure, and, and, and coli, uh -huh. and, yeah, and, and livers, uh -huh. toxins, and toxins. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. Now, rendered, rendered is basically the fat and water is removed. The material that is rendered, which is often the byproducts, is cooked down until it becomes a dry meal. That means the water and the fat has been cooked off. So for example, a chicken byproduct meal would be ground, rendered, fat and water removed, clean parts of the carcass of slaughtered chickens, necks, feet, undeveloped eggs, intestines. The animal tissue shall be exclusive of the bills and the feet and things like that, except, yes, that same, same, exception. Hey, it just occurred, to, I have no proof of this, I'm just thinking, you know, on a lot of foods that students bring in labels for me, they'll say somewhere on there, chicken fat or beef mm -hmm. fat, and I'm, that's where they get the fat after they've rendered, yes, they, they don't just exactly. let that fat and water escape. I no, don't know. They collect it and spray it back on later. Yes, exactly. <gasps> exactly. Okay. Animal digest. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> A material which results from chemical and or enzymatic, oh lordy, hydrolysis. <laughs> the removal of water. Yeah, I know. That's just a mouthful. It does. It, it, it. Of clean and undecomposed animal tissue. The animal tissue used shall be exclusive of that, exclusive of hair, horns, teeth, hooves, feathers. Except, except. <laughs> yeah, that's unavoidably manufactured, mixed in. Okay, so that's mm. the meat stuff. Then mm. that's scary into itself. But let's talk about some of the the other things that are in dog foods. Uh, you know, they do need carbohydrates. So let's use this as an example: barley. Barley's a cereal grain. It is one of the better ones when compared to wheat or corn or rice. Barley... As far as the dog's concerned. As, as far as the dog is concerned, barley does not have as high a glycemic index as some of the others. And so for most dogs, is a better ingredient if you're going to have a cereal grain. Here's the definition. Consists of at least 80% barley. It's not 100% barley. 80%. I want to know. Me too. Must not contain more than 3% heat damage kernels, 6% foreign material, 20% other grains, or 10% wild oats. So 6 if you. 6% other materials? So if you. Rocks, stones, weed seeds. That's where those beaks and hoofs went to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got thrown in with the barley. So if you take a look at the numbers. Barley actually can contain up to 20% other things. So right. one grain out of five could be other than barley. If your dog has allergies to yeah. other cereal grains and you think you're feeding him a safe food because it has barley, you're not really. That, yeah. They, yeah. yeah, for like Walter, who's allergic to wheat. Right. You know, this barley could, one out of five could be something else. Then let's We're a little go. short of barley this week. Let's add a little wheat to it. Let, let's go on to that beet pulp again. Oh, I love oh, your that favorite. Beet pulp. Yeah. <laughs> so the definition of the beet pulp, it is dried residue from sugar beets, which have been cleaned and extracted in the process of making sugar. 
parenthetical remark here, this is a very controversial ingredient. Manufacturers use it because they say it's a good source of fiber. Many pet food experts claim it is a common cause of allergies, slows digestion too much, and still contains too much sugar. And true. <laughs> true, true. Uh, I avoid foods with sugar beet pulp. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, then there's next is uh, peanut hulls. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, Fiber. <laughs> this is the outer shell of a peanut. Okay. Okay. It is a byproduct that is added as a fiber source to make the pet feel full. Uh, there you go. And increase, I'm sure, they don't put it on the label, but I'm sure it increases the size of the feces in the backyard significantly. Um, well, yeah. and here's when. It can be a source of mold contamination that can make pets very ill sure yeah makes sense peanuts can be yeah, yeah i can mm-hmm. see that and then of course the one we well, see commonly mention, you know there uh, are so many people that have severe peanut allergies yeah there is they could be feeding their dog something that would contact allergies they oh would yeah right. it off on themselves or they could get we sick had, just handling the dog food we had somebody a few years back mm-hmm. Yeah, we had to read the lay the ingredients in Honest Kitchen because she wanted to make sure there wasn't any peanut. Right, because she right. had a severe peanut allergy. Yes, so she couldn't feed anything. Can you imagine her dog? Can you imagine scooping the food out to feed your dog and right. you get sick? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. Well, you had that occur. And now here's another one: corn. The definition of ground corn: the entire ear of corn, entire ear, not oh, just no. kernels. The entire oh, ear no. is ground. Without the husks. So they take the husks off, but the cob, the kernels. Let me guess. Fiber! (laughs) With no greater portion of cob than occurs in the corn ear in its natural state. Okay, that's about 90% cob to 10% vegetable. Exactly. This is not just the corn kernel that you might eat. It is the kernel and the cob ground together. Because that's what we would always eat. We'd just eat the whole thing. Sure. Yeah, of yeah. course. So, definitions... Can be uh, an eye-opener. Yeah, they're, they're not quite what we might expect. The other thing we have to keep in mind when we're reading the labels is um, some of the preservatives. Some of the preservatives that are in mm. foods are downright scary. Oh, this is good. Can you pronounce that? <laughs> Butylated hydroxynolazole. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Let me try that again. Hydrozinosol? Okay. Okay. B- otherwise, otherwise known as BHA. BHA. <laughs> it is known to have caused allergic reactions in pets. It can also cause liver and kidney problems. Oh, you great. need to try it. Yeah. Okay. Just say the initials. <laughs> okay, well, let me try Butylated. Butylated hydroxytoluene. Okay. BHT uh, can cause liver and kidney problems. Good thing I don't agree in the bottom part of a label. Ingredients. I can't Chemistry class words. is coming back to haunt me. Sodium. Sodium metabisulfite. Good job. This chemical preservative has been linked to problems in people, including weakness, loss of consciousness, and brain damage. Oh, joy. <laughs> That's nice. Ethoxyquin. Ethoxyquin. Yeah, obviously I didn't pass my chemical class in high school. Yay! Uh, this preservative... Preserv- pres- <laughs> preservative? <laughs> preservative? 
I do know that word. It's preservative. Has also been used as a pesticide. Oh, insecticide and a hardening agent for the process of making rubber. And that that's makes what me, I would grab for. for that makes wrist. me feel warm and fuzzy. <laughs> don't, don't you have a can of ethoxyquine um, in your spice rack? Oh, I add it to my food all the time. <laughs> yeah. You want to make those muffins set up and turn to rubber. You betcha. Bounce so, them off the walls. Yeah. How do you choose a good food? I ask Liz. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I let her do the research. First of all... Reread her books. <laughs> when I choose a food, I want... Meats. Yeah. I don't want meat byproducts. I don't want meat meals. I don't want meat digests. I want meats. And, and that is the most digestible with the highest grade of usable protein. Right. Right. Exactly. Is the muscle right. meat. I don't feed anything with miscellaneous or unidentified fats. Mm. If it just says animal fat, that's probably the fats that are the result of those rendering processes with mm-hmm. who knows what else in them. Mm-hmm. Fat is the body's storage device where it stores toxins and everything, too. I want my dogs on. to get some fat from the meat that is in the right. food, not extra fats that are sprayed on it just to make it more palatable. I do, personally, avoid most cereal grains for my dogs. I have to. I have found that my dogs are healthier when they're not eating a lot of cereal grains. And in our classes, we found that dogs learn better, concentrate better when they're not eating foods that are high in cereal grains. Mm -hmm. We almost have a game where we, in the first couple of weeks, we try to pick pick out out the puppies. Puppies are eating high cereal grains. And we've gotten pretty darn good at it. Yeah, we have. (laughs) We can. Pick them out just about every time. Uh-huh. They're the ones Easily. with the molecules vibrating just on a molecular bzz. level. Uh-huh. But carbohydrates are important. So with my dogs, I want the carbohydrates to come from whole vegetables and whole fruits. Mm-hmm. Carrots, apples, bananas, sweet potatoes, real foods. When I read the ingredients, I want to know what they are. I don't want mysterious things there. I want to understand And when I read the are. ingredients, I don't want to have to figure out how to pronounce the word. <laughs> <laughs> if I can't pronounce it, I probably don't know. It means I don't know what I'm giving my dog. If it brings back memories of diagramming a molecular structure, then it makes me shudder. Yeah. We also know in research for people that we metabolize vitamins and minerals better that come from whole foods than we do synthetic ones. Mm-hmm. So again, from, for my dogs, I want them to get their nutrition from whole foods. If there's a paragraph and a half of chemical names, they're probably synthetic vitamins and minerals. They're probably synthetic colors, artificial colors, flavorings, preservatives, additives, who knows what else. And I am certainly not going to dig out the AAFCO digest just to figure out what every (laughs) chemical name is. I want them to get it from the whole foods. And then dogs don't need sugar. They don't need artificial sweeteners. They don't need the dry beet pulp. Dogs are just like us. They taste sweet. And they're going to eat sweet things even if they're not good for them. We don't need as much sweet as we eat. (laughs) That candy corn and things like that at Halloween. I didn't have one single peppery cookie that they ate in front of me before this recording. Thank you. And then then also the the quality of ingredients. You know, if you can get dog foods that have 
organic ingredients. <laughs> Obviously, those are going to be preferable than the ones who may have been shipped in from overseas with who knows what added to them. So <laughs> we've choked Kate up. <laughs> I be okay. It's a very complicated subject. I do have to plug my own book. If you want to read more about it, pick but we'll a- plug it for you. There we read go. Read Liz Polika's Ultimate <laughs> Pet Food Guide. Everything you need to know about feeding your dog or cat. <laughs> Available in your probably local bookstore or Amazon.com. Amazon.com. Yes. There you go. See, I have my own fan club. <laughs> we are well trained. Yes, we are. <laughs> but seriously, it is a good book, and to be an aware consumer is good thing today and with today's economics things you want to know what where your money's going definitely and keep in mind even if the pet food is a little more expensive initially it's going to pay off in the fact that you'll you'll feed less because you're not feeding wasted fiber excuse me exactly there'll be less poop in the backyard and in all reality, in the long term, you'll probably be paying less in vet bills. Exactly. Your dog is going to be healthier longer. And, of course, we want our dogs to, to be with us as long as possible. With good food, their longevity is potentially increased. And we want them to thrive, not just stay alive. Woohoo! Good! Nice! All right! Good job! We're so alert. I just love it. <laughs> Oh, dear. So that's it from us. <laughs> Thanks for listening to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Polika. With me is Petra Burke and Kate Abbott. And I think that finishes up the show. <laughs> Stay tuned and someday we'll learn if Kate ever finds out what a tocopherol is. They seem to be on all the labels. They're vitamin C and is E. Is that what that is? Yes. They're, they're natural preservatives, vitamin uh, C and E. Okay. See? I told you. <laughs> I like the word. You can't tocopherol. Pro- you tocopherol. like the word. <laughs> I like the word Alamogordo. That's it. We're gone. (laughs) Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.